You are now joining our Savior's Lutheran Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Welcome to worship. and welcome to worship on this 14th Sunday after Pentecost. 
However you have found us this morning, through our YouTube channel, our podcast, or through our radio broadcast, we are so glad that you have found your way here and are worshiping with us this morning. I want to extend a special welcome to Dean Langby, who is our guest musician today. He played for us Chanson Triste by Tchaikovsky as our prelude. We'll have a chance to hear from him again a little later in the service. Dean, thank you for being here this morning. We are so grateful. In preparation for worship, I invite you now to light a candle and to gather some bread and some wine or juice in order to celebrate Holy Communion with us a little later on in our worship. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who creates, redeems, and sustains us and all of creation. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Let us pray. Faithful God, have mercy on us. We confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We turn from your loving embrace and go our own ways. We pass judgment on one another before examining ourselves. We place our own needs before those of our neighbors. We keep your gift of salvation to ourselves. Make us humble, cast away our transgressions, and turn us again to life in you, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Friends, God hears the cries of all who call out in need, and through his death and resurrection, Christ has made us his own. Hear the truth that God proclaims. Your sins are forgiven in the name of Jesus Christ. Led by the Holy Spirit, live in freedom and newness to do God's work in the world. Amen. We sing now together our gathering hymn, Earth and All Stars, number 731, and we sing verses 1, 4, and 5.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. Let us pray. O Lord God, enliven and preserve your church with your perpetual mercy. Without your help, we mortals will fail. Remove far from us everything that is harmful and lead us toward all that gives life and salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We now join Pastor Heather for a children's story time. Good morning, OSL kids and adults, and welcome to another installation of a special story time as we meet yet another holy troublemaker and unconventional saint. This morning, we get to meet a woman named Wangari Matai, and I hope you are as inspired by her story as I have been. Wangari Matai was the first of a lot of things. A biologist, she was the first woman in Central Africa to earn a PhD. She was the first woman to be the head of an academic department at the University of Nairobi. She was the first woman to hold the job of Minister of the Environment in Kenya. And in 2004, she became the first African woman to receive a Nobel Peace Prize. Wangori's story begins in Eith a small village in Kenya's highlands where she was born in 1940. Wangari's parents had converted to Christianity and they were part of the Kikuyu tribe, one of the main indigenous people groups who live in Kenya. Indigenous means that someone is native to a region that their families and ancestors who came before them lived on that land and loved that land. Although Wangari grew up Catholic, her family's traditional Kikuyu beliefs still informed how they lived and thought about God. The Kikuyu belief that God, called Guy in the Kikuyu language, dwells on Mount Kenya, the second tallest mountain on the African continent. The Kikuyu built their homes to face Mount Kenya, which reminded them daily where all good things come from. Nearer the ground is the magumu tree, a type of fig tree and seen as one of God's sacred trees. Every morning as a child, Wangari collected firewood for her family. She would collect wood from any tree except from the magumu tree. They left these trees alone because, as her mother explained, this is a tree of God. We don't collect wood from this tree. These fig trees lived then a long and natural life. Later, as a trained biologist, Wangari realized that those sacred fig trees actually played a central role in the ecology of the land. Because the Magumu trees were sacred and allowed to live long lives, their roots grew deep into the bedrock below the surface of the earth. Their roots cut into the rock and allowed subterranean water to flow up close to the surface. Their vast root systems also stabilized the soil, protecting the region from landslides. When Mongari went away to university and graduate school, however, the lands she grew up on underwent a major change. Trees, even the sacred trees, were cut down to make room for large farms and other development. Not only did this destabilize the soil, but the farms often polluted the water sources. So women and girls had to walk really long distances to find clean water. And these long walks were dangerous. In 1977, at the first ever United Nations meeting on women's rights, Wangari heard the stories of these women and she realized something had to be done. While the problem was very complicated, she knew that one small tangible step would add up to a big difference. She said, I think we should plant trees, she told the assembly. She received some quizzical looks. Not everyone knew what she knew about trees and the land, but that was okay, she decided. They'd learn. That was the birth of the Green Belt Movement, an organized effort to plant trees, led mostly by poor rural Kenyan women. 
Unfortunately, politicians and developers opposed the women who planted trees and tried to stop them at every turn. Planting trees, Wangari later reflected, is a kind of ecological form of civil disobedience. She faced all sorts of resistance from the politicians in charge who only wanted economic development, the kind of development that would lead to their own pockets being lined with money. She was called names, she was put in prison, she was even beaten. But Wangari kept on planting trees. The first year, Wangari only planted seven trees, and five of those seedlings died. But the two remaining trees are still alive today. And collectively, Wangari and the many women who joined her have now planted over 51 million trees in Kenya and many other countries. In Kenya, a tree is a sign of peace. So it's especially fitting that Wangari received the Nobel Peace Prize on behalf of her work. In her acceptance speech, she explained that many conflicts around the world are actually caused by ecological crises. Planting trees and paying attention to the balance in nature helps reduce major conflicts that often turn violent. When we plant trees, she said, we plant the seeds of peace and hope. What are some of the ways that you help make peace by caring for our earth? Celebrate those contributions you make for every little effort. In fact, helps add up to so much good and inspires others to do good work too. Just like Wangari inspired so many, we have that same call and opportunity. So thank you for your care of our earth and the peace you create. We continue now our worship as we hear our first reading for this day. Our first reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Romans. The obligation of Christians is to love one another and so fulfill the heart and goal of the law. Clothes make the person as we put on the Lord Jesus Christ and live today in light of the future God has in store for us. A reading from Romans chapter 13. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep, for salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 18th chapter. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, saying, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. 
for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace and peace to you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. And welcome on this Labor Day weekend as we gather once again remotely for worship. Today, we gather to reflect on a gospel reading, a lesson from Jesus about how to live in community, which at first glance sort of feels a bit irrelevant in our current reality, where communal experiences are pretty limited right now. Except, of course, we know that community is not only lived out in just shared physical space. We are a community right now, watching and listening as we worship together. We're connected in our prayers, through our service and our generosity. And each of us participate in all sorts of communities, families, neighborhoods, friend groups, hobby or activity groups, work communities, action groups, advocate groups, political groups. These are all communities in which we take part. And how we behave, our actions, and the ways we engage and interact can either foster and support healthy community or injure and destroy it. Jesus, I think, reminds us today of the gift that community is, that it is a gift worth building up. Life together community is worth our best behavior. And to that note, Jesus gives us some pretty practical advice. When conflict arises within a community, don't triangulate, be direct. And when all else fails, get appropriate backup. It really is good advice, but I have to say it sounds a little weird coming from Jesus. He tends more often to tell stories that make us wonder ponder, that stretch us and make us rethink our typical knee-jerk assumptions. But today, I guess bullet points are what we get. Don't triangulate, be direct, and when all else fails, get backup. Like I said, it's good advice. Except I know that it's been used in hurtful ways to justify the exclusion and rejection of all sorts of people from the church. Maybe that's partly why Jesus doesn't usually give this kind of advice. Like I said, he's more of a storyteller kind of teacher who stretches our imaginations and challenges our assumptions. Jesus knows full well that absolute rules have a tendency to be twisted to fit the ones who have power and hurt the ones who don't. Think about Rules like tax law, for example, right? I'll say no more. But here's the thing. You know how they say in real estate, it's all about location, location, location. Well, when it comes to scripture, it is all about context, context, context. And just before these verses for today, Jesus, the storyteller, has told a story about a lost sheep. God's love and care and persistence, Jesus says, is like a shepherd who leaves the flock to search for just one lost sheep. The practical advice Jesus gives today is bound together with this story, with all the stories and lessons he's taught about God. God who wills that not one should be lost. God who seeks us and all continually. God who welcomes us and all back again and again with boundless grace. Context, context context. And would you know that in the verses immediately following our lesson for today, which we'll hear next week, Peter asks Jesus, so how many times then should we forgive? How does 77 times sound, Peter? Or 70 times 7, depending on how you read the Greek. Again, Jesus' creative answer makes keeping track impossible. Jesus' practical advice about conflict this morning similarly doesn't point us toward just easy judgment or punishment. Rather, Jesus points us toward intentional and respectful and earnest and always hopeful reconciliation. 
how do we order our lives together in a world where the tendency is to fall apart? How will we deal with conflict, with disagreement, with plain old bad behavior? This community that is OSL is not unacquainted with conflict. No congregation is unacquainted with conflict. The word community can conjure up warm feelings of love and support. But what is always true about community is that every community is made up of people. And people, not you and me, of course, but some people can be selfish, unreliable, difficult, and challenging. Okay, maybe you and me too, sometimes. Christian community, while grounded in the love and grace of God, is still made up of people. And what I hear Jesus saying this morning to us, to those who are called together to be a community of faith and love and hope and service and all kinds of those good things, to be the kind of community Jesus calls us to be is to embrace that we are a community made up of people. People who make mistakes. People who hurt other people. And when that happens, Jesus says, Try hard to be honest and direct and kind. And if that doesn't work, involve others in the community who care about everyone involved. And when all else fails, try to be ready with grace. Isn't that what Jesus means when he says, treat them as a Gentile or tax collector? Be ready to welcome them in just as Jesus always did. By now you know that while I was in seminary, for my first two summers, I worked at a Lutheran Bible camp in Montana. I finally got to lead a trip this past summer, bringing some OSL folks to Christicon. I honestly can't believe that after eight years of serving as your pastor, it has only been in the summer of pandemic that I've managed such a trip. But if it worked this past summer, I am confident it will work again soon. Stay tuned. Anyway, when I worked at Christicon, I was part of a community of over 30 people who lived at camp all summer long up in the Absorca Beartooth Mountains. Our job was to lead backpacking trips for youth and adults. We were a close-knit community of rather crazy people, apparently, this is the only picture of our staff I could find. In the days before cell phones or internet service or much contact with the world beyond us, besides letters and our weekly campers, we were one another's community. And there's really something to be said for learning about grace and forgiveness when you have to live it out in limited numbers and in close proximity. In fact, I think many conflicts that happen in the church or elsewhere could probably get worked out if you had to spend three months in the mountains living together. We couldn't just write each other off. But we also couldn't pretend a conflict didn't exist if there was one. We had to learn to be honest, direct, and we had to be ready with grace. We had to be ready to allow for mistakes to be made and forgiveness to be shared. Just imagine if we practiced the advice Jesus gives a little more often, a little more wholeheartedly, being honest, direct, but always ready with grace. Imagine the effect in our families, in our work. Imagine on Facebook or Twitter. Imagine. The Greek word for sin in the New Testament, hamartia, means literally missing the mark or missing the target. Remember how community is made up of people and people sin, right? If the bullseye is the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, if the bullseye is Jesus' command to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves, then sin is missing that mark. Even when we are aiming our best, we don't always hit the mark, not to mention all the times we aren't even really trying. We miss the mark, and God's answer is grace. To the question of sin, God's answer is always forgiveness. 
How do we order our lives together in a world where the tendency is to fall apart? When conflict can't be resolved, how can we still live together? When division has happened, how can we still try to be ready with grace even when we've been deeply hurt? These are the questions as people of faith we ask. These are the lessons we seek together. Community will always be messy and it will never work perfectly yet. If God's answer is grace, then maybe we can keep on learning to lean into that answer too. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We will keep on praying. We will keep on gathering virtually for now under God's promise of forgiveness for all. We will keep on teaching that promise to our children and learning it from one another. For where two or three are gathered, virtually for now, the possibility of grace abounds. Thank you for the gift of yourself to the community we create together. Thank you for the good you bear in every community you're a part of. Thank you for all the hard ways you work to be honest, direct, and ready with grace. Amen. We sing now together our hymn of the day, Lord Jesus, you shall be my song, number 808.
Drawn together in the compassion of God, we pray for the church, the world, and all those in need. Unite your church, O God. Grant us the gifts of repentance and reconciliation. Bless the cooperative work of churches in this community with our ELCA church partners, Lutheran Campus Ministry, our neighbor, St. Joe's, First Congo, St. Paul's, United Methodist, Grace Episcopal, Hmong Alliance, Emmanuel Baptist, Faith Lutheran, Love Church, Branches Church, Cedarbrook, River of Life, Unitarian Society, Menominee Alliance, Good Shepherd Free, New Life, and Living Hope. Lead us as communities of faith to work together to care and support our greater community, strengthen ecumenical partnerships, guide the work of the Lutheran World Federation and the World Council of Churches. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Protect your creation, O God. Teach us ways that do not harm what you have entrusted to our care. Renew and enliven places suffering from drought, flood, storms, or pollution. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Turn nations and leaders from ways that lead to death. Shape new paths toward peace and cooperation, teaching us to recognize one another as neighbors. Guide legislators, civil servants, judges, and police toward laws that protect the well-being of all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Tend to all in need of your compassion. Hear the cries of those awaiting justice and those yearning for forgiveness. Give community to the lonely and neighbors to the outcast. Shelter all who are vulnerable in body, mind, or spirit. Especially this day, we pray for Deb Johnson, Alice Kennedy, Marilyn Lee, and Carolyn Barnhart. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Sustain us in our work, O God, and give work to those who need it. Shape societies to ensure fair treatment for all who labor. Help us to love our neighbors in and through the work to which you call each of us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We remember with thanksgiving those who have died in faith. As you equipped them, equip us with your protection and power until with them we see your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All these things and whatever else you see that we need, we entrust to your mercy through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. We invite you now to share a sign of peace with those you are gathered with as we share a sign of peace with you and with all of us who are here this morning. Peace. A word of thanks this morning for all the ways in which you have been generous with your time, talent, and resources as you have been reaching out to love and care for our neighbors who are in need. Thank you especially for all the ways you have supported the ongoing work and ministry of our Savior's Lutheran Church as we follow in the ways of Jesus. We welcome your offering to OSL and to that shared ministry. You are invited to send your offering to our church office, or you can use our online giving option on our website at oslme.com. We sing now together our offertory, Let the Vineyards Be Fruitful.
Let us pray. Blessed are you, O God, maker of all things. You have set before us these gifts of your good creation. Prepare us for your heavenly banquet. Nourish us with this rich food and drink and send us forth to set tables in the midst of a suffering world. Through the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I invite you now to share communion with those whom you are gathered with or receive this gift yourself. In this meal, we are connected together as sisters and brothers in Christ. We are connected as a community of faith bound in the grace and love of God and called to share God's love and grace in the world. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. As we celebrate Holy Communion this morning, we welcome once again Dean Langby, who will be sharing another piece of special music. He'll be playing Alamond by J.S. Bach. Thank you. 
The body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. We give you thanks, gracious God, that you have once again fed us with food beyond compare, the body and blood of Christ. Lead us from this place and this time of worship, nourished and forgiven, into your beloved vineyard, to wipe away the tears of all who hunger and thirst, guided by the example of the same Jesus Christ and led by the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Beloved, receive now this benediction. Mothering God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you and lead you into the way of truth and life. Amen. I want to share with you a couple of announcements this morning. The first is an invitation. On Wednesdays here at OSL, we begin and end the day with a service of word and prayer. In the morning, we gather virtually by Zoom for morning prayer for matins. We meet at 8.45 for a little time of fellowship, and then morning prayer begins at 9 o'clock. If you are interested in joining us, just send me an email, and I'll be happy to send you a link to the Zoom meeting. We then end our day in a time of prayer and God's word as well. We meet in person for Compline at 6 p.m. outside in our parking lot. If you are interested in joining us for that service, call the church office to sign up. We'd be delighted to see you. I want to let you know about a special service that has been created. It's a Taize service. Um, for remembrance, um, especially during this time of COVID. Um, we know that there are many out there who have experienced loss, um, and this service is designed to help us process and grieve together in good ways. That service will become available on our YouTube channel on September 17th at 6.30 p.m. A number of area musicians and members from a number of local congregations, including members from OSL, have collaborated to create this meditative service for us. You are invited to, ch to check it out um, as it premieres. I also want to let you know about a new opportunity, a new invitation to those of you who have lost loved ones recently. If you would like to request a favorite hymn in memory or in honor of a loved one, please contact the church office, and as we are able, we will include a special hymn request as our sending hymn during worship. I want to let you know that next Sunday, September 13th, begins our fall um, Sunday school programming. Um, it's virtual um, for now. You'll find more information to come from Denise by um, email shortly. But to celebrate the start of this fall programming, we will meet on Sunday, September 13th, for a bike ride, a socially distanced bike ride around Lake Minoman. You can meet me and Denise out in the parking lot at 10.15 a.m. Um, and we'll bike around Lake Minoman. Sunday school kiddos and their families are invited to join us. Finally, I remind you that if you have a prayer concern or if you wish to visit with one of our parish nurses or one of our pastors, please reach out to us. We are here for you. You can find all of our contact information on our website at oslme.com. We sing now together our sending hymn, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, number 836.
Go now in peace. Remember the poor. Thanks be to God. This is Pastor Heather Wigdahl, Senior Pastor at Our Savior's Lutheran Church. Thank you for joining us for worship today. If you would like to hear today's worship service again, I encourage you to visit our website, oslme.com. 
On our website, you will find both audio and video recordings of all our worship services. In addition, you are invited to access our virtual resources for education and prayer, as well as learn about ongoing service opportunities in our greater community. Blessings to you this day. I hope you'll join us again.